0: G'day, g'day! Welcome to Game Day with Gabe. I'm your host, Gabe the Babe, and you're about to get an insight to the college football world. What's up, Googs fans? Welcome back to Game Day with Gabe. In this episode, I'll be talking about BYU football, BYU basketball, and some sports news, especially from college football, Bullmania, and college basketball. To start things off, I'm gonna jump straight into BYU football. So, Wednesday was recruiting day, three days ago, and we got 27 recruits. 27 new guys signed with the program. That's really good. If we weren't in the Big 12, we probably would not have gotten 27. It's that Big 12 title under, under that BYU name that'll get us 27 new recruits. In fact, we even beat Utah 11 to six in recruits where we went head to head, where they both offered scholarships. So that's great for BYU. We got a commitment from some notable ones. A defensive lineman from Texas Tech flipped to us. We got two teammates from Weber State, uh, defensive players, linebacker and a cornerback. We got Noah Lugo, a quarterback from UTSA area. And we got Sam Vanderhaar, from a, a punter from Australia, actually. He transferred from Pittsburgh College, but he's originally from Australia. And all the good punters come from Australia. You want to know why that is? It's because of AFL, Aussie Rules Football. In Aussie Rules Football, they have this game where you kick, punch, and dribble the ball. And it's played on a big oval about three times the size of a football field. So the best play is to kick it. That's how you get it furthest. That's why the Aussie kickers are always the best, because they practice it over and over every day with AFL. So when they get some, they get bored of AFL there, and they... Aren't as good as some people would like, not as physical, they can go over to the Americas and they can become punters because that's where you boot it as far as you can. And that's what Aussie punters are good at doing. So that's why Aussie punters are the best guys to get in the college football, football world, and NFL. So we got some good signees. Cody kagan is also a returned missionary off a two year leave for his mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. And he is so fast. He's a wide receiver, brother of Cole Hagen, who's a quarterback at BYU, and he's a great wide receiver with great hands, really fast, was a four-star recruit in high school, I believe from Cornwall Canyon. So that'll be great to have him back for the wide receiver room. I think that BYU is going to be a better team because we're returning a lot of our guys. We're going to have a ton of return production, specifically Ben Bywater, our best linebacker, and our leader of the defense is coming back, and Tyler Batty, our defensive line captain, and our captain of our defense. Both of those guys are very impactful, and they're coming back for one final year. It's going to be great. In college basketball, BYU got two new guys eligible to play. Those two guys are Dawson Baker, a guard, and Marcus Adams Jr., a forward. Why is this happening? The NCAA made a rule for two-time transfers that allows them for them to be able to play immediately starting now. So because of this, Dawson Baker was a two-time transfer from Kansas, and then to Gonzaga, and now to BYU, Dawson Baker from UC Irvine. And now, because they're both reasonably healthy, they still have some leg injuries with their ankle, but both of them are able to play. In fact, yesterday, both of these guys played, and played well. Dawson Baker specifically, he did really well. He scored many points, got three three three-pointers, and had one play where he went behind the back twice and got a sweet pass from Spencer Johnson to Atiki-Ali-Atiki for the alley-oop. It was a sick play. So we're going to have our guys in basketball. We've got 12 guys specifically that I will read out that are in our depth and are in our starting rotation. Our starting five, Dallin Hall, Spencer Johnson, Trevin Nell, Noah Waterman, and Foose, when Foose is healthy. Foose hasn't been healthy since November, since Thanksgiving week, and he's been injured for a long time hopefully we get him back for Big 12 play. We need him because we need some big men. Those are our five designated starting five, but Ali Khalifa has been our big man ever since Foos went down, and he's done a great job filling that role. In fact, he's leading college basketball in the assist to turnover ratio. That's when you have more assists to turnovers, like on an eight to one for every eight assists you get, you have one turnover. For example, Ali Khalifa has like a 21 to one assist to turnover ratio, because he's just a really good passer for a big man. And he just doesn't turn the ball over. When you have a guy like that, it's really good because it works your offense like perfection. So he's a great man to have for our starting center while Foos is gone. Moving back to our 12 guys. Those are our starting five. We have Jackson Robinson, Ali Khalifa, Richie Saunders, Trey Stewart, and Atiki Ali Atiki on our bench. And now we have two more guys. Dawson Baker and Marcus Adams Jr. Those 12 guys are gonna be our starting rotation for the remainder of the year. So we probably won't play all of them in each game, but we're gonna give them each playing time in the rotation. So I'm feeling really confident with this team. It's bonded over the past few years cause they've played together. Last year, this year, we went on a trip to Europe in the summer this year to bond together. And I think we've really figured it out. So this is what we need to compete in the Big Twelve. We're dominating right now. Like we beat Denver and Georgia State 90 to 7 to 4, 90 to 74, and 86 to 54 respectively. Then just Friday, yesterday, we beat them 101 to 59, Bellarmine. So obviously basketball's doing really well. But if you want to know why, I'll tell you. We play this well because we pass fast. We have quick ball movement. And that usually results in open threes, and we shoot well on threes. We're shooting about 40%, give or take a few, on three-pointers this year as a team. That's really good. We hustle, we fight for rebounds, and we play great defense. And those things, what that's what really matters. A good defense is a great offense, or a great offense is a great defense. It's biconditional. And right now, if you hustle, play great defense, and fight for rebounds, and ball movement and shoot reasonably well, then you're gonna be a really good team. That's what BYU does. That's the key to how BYU basketball is 11-1 so far in this year. It's been amazing to see this team doing so well. We're number three in the net rankings. The net rankings, it basically takes your win percentage value, your head-to-head ratio, the uh, strength of schedule, the win margin, and like limiting opponents in points-wise, It takes all of that into account, and it puts it out in a number, and it ranks those teams so far. Right now, we're number three in the net rankings. That's really good. We used to be number one in the net rankings, too. We're number four in Joe Lunardi's Bracketology. That's really good. And on Friday, we won because of our second half against Bellarmine. I think we had 42 points to their 28 in the first half. We ended with 101 points. So we all scored our first half points, 42. We got 59 in the second half, getting 101 points. Yet another 100 plus game. First half was sloppy, and we turned the ball over too much. But the second half, we really turned it on, passed the ball well, shot better, and really hustled more. And we weren't playing sloppy as well. So we just turned it on, and that's what'll do it. Moving on to bowl mania for college football. There's some and some close bowl games so far. Two overtime games have been played. Western Kentucky and Old Dominion is a particular one I'd like to talk about. Western Kentucky had the ball with 14 seconds left in the game. It was fourth and goal from about the 15-yard line. They got a touchdown in the back corner on a great route by the wide receiver, and they tied this game up 35-35. This is just a notable game. It was really fun to watch. Then Old Dominion got stopped. And they didn't get any points in overtime. Western Kentucky's defense stuffed them. Then the, the kicker came on and kept a game-winning field goal to save the game. Western Kentucky ended up winning 38-35 in this game. It was pretty crazy. And there's been more games like this. Like we had Jackson, Jacksonville State against Louisiana, Louisiana Raging Cajuns. That was also another overtime game played in the New Orleans Bowl. So there's been some fun games. The three notable ones I pointed out last year were kind of meh so-so games. Like UCLA and Boise State um, in the LA Bowl, that wasn't as great. And the Texas Tech against Cal game in the Independence Bowl wasn't as great as well. And Fresno State, New Mexico State was not very close. But those games, the other games, were really good. Saturday the 23rd, which is the day I'm recording this, is also a really great day for college football. So if you want to check out the games and check the scores, because by the time you're listening to this, a lot of them are probably over. The games that you want to check out are Troy vs. Duke in the 76th Birmingham Bowl, James Madison vs. Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl, Utah State, our Utah State from Utah, representing in the Idaho Potato Bowl against Georgia State, Utah vs. Northwestern in the Las Vegas Bowl. Those games are the ones you want to check out on Saturday the 23rd. That's going to be the ones, sorry, there's a little bit of an order to this in the Christmas season. Saturday, sorry, Friday the 22nd has college basketball games. Friday the 23rd is going to have college football games. And then Sunday the 24th and Monday the 25th, also known as Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, have the big NFL games. So that's how you can check out sports during this Christmas season. Basketball, football, then NFL some really entertaining sports during Christmas break. So, those are the college football games you want to check out. Moving on to NFL. NFL Sunday and Monday are going to deliver some big games especially for Christmas because Christmas day games are so entertaining. We're going to have a fun matchup that you need to check out. On Saturday, we have some games as well, like Pittsburgh's playing playing Cincinnati Bengals right now and there's some other fun ones too. And then Christmas Eve has the regular slate of NFL Sunday games, like around 12 games, and then Christmas Day is going to get three. So there's a lot of NFL that you can check out if you want. Monday is going to have lots of Christmas Day games, though. Some specific ones are Ravens 49ers, and this is the big matchup because it's the one-on-one. The one-on-one consists of the AFC one seed against the NFC one seed, so it's a big matchup in deciding the playoffs. That's why this is going to be a big game, especially played on Christmas Day. You should totally check it out. There's also the Giants, Eagles, and the Raiders and Chiefs. Our Chiefs, trying to make the playoffs as a good seed. So, those are the games to check out on Christmas. Some notable games that we've had before are Taysom and the Saints playing at Puka and the Rams this Thursday. It was a really fun game to watch these two guys. Both BYU alumni, Taysom Hill, a former quarterback at BYU, and Puka, a former wide receiver, just graduated last year. Both of them played each other on Thursday night football, played at the Rams against the Saints. Puka had nine receptions for 164 yards and a touchdown in this game. He absolutely dominated. He caught every ball that was thrown his way, and they could have thrown him five more balls and he would have caught them. He was just so dominant. He even had a touchdown in the early moments of the game. Taysom Hill didn't get fed the ball as much. He only had three carries and no passes or receptions. So not quite Taysom's day. I think they ought to incorporate him into their offense way more if they want to start winning games. Because the Rams did win 30-22. Puka Nakua, on the other hand, is having a record season for a rookie. You look at his stats, and he's going to blow you away. I'll read you some notable stats right here. Right now, the most receiving yards by a rookie wide receiver in one season of the NFL is Bill Groman, 1960. He had 1,473 yards. Puka is 1,327 yards. Do the math. He's 146 yards behind him. If he can get 146 yards in the next two games, because that's how many games are left in the regular season of the NFL, then he's going to become the all-time leader ever for yards by a rookie wide receiver in a season. That would be a historic record to have a BYU guy doing that. Not only this, but he could also become the leader for most receptions by a rookie wide receiver for one season in the NFL. Right now, Puka Nakua is at 96. The leader is Jalen Waddle, who's at 104. He had that in his 2021 season with the Miami Dolphins. If Puka can get nine receptions in the next two games, then he's going to become the all-time leader for receptions. If he gets these two, that's going to be crazy. A BYU alumni getting the most receptions and the most yards ever by a rookie wide receiver, he's taking the NFL by storm. So it's so exciting to see Puka doing this well. Puka means chubby. That's what I like about it. I learned that from Jerem Jordan. He's having one of the best seasons in the NFL ever. I hope he wins. I hope he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's between him and CJ Stroud. This award is given to the best rookie offensive player of the year. It's pretty self-explanatory. Right now, two front runners are these two guys. Puga Nakua has his own case that he can make. And it's clear. But CJ Stroud, he's had five touchdown passes games. He's had over 400 yards throwing in certain games, over 300 yards, and he's been a really good leader for the Houston Texans. The thing is, he's been injured for the last two, three games, so without him playing, it's going to be really hard to give him an award for Rookie Offensive Player of the Year. I think that if Puka can still dominate and get the two records, and just absolutely dominate these next two games, and CJ Stroud, it doesn't play or goes meh, it's Puka's award for the taking. And I think if CJ Stroud comes out and goes fiery, he'll probably get it because he's a quarterback and quarterbacks are valued more in the NFL than wide receivers are. That's typically how it goes. But I'd love to see Puka get the rookie offensive player of the year. It would be great to see the BYU alumni representing. I love that guy. He's so awesome. What a player, what a guy. In some other notable games in the NFL. Last week, the Dolphins beat the Jets 30 to zero because the Jets' offensive line is, no offense, terrible. But the Jets' offensive line can't protect Zach Wilson got injured again. It's so disappointing. Without an offensive line to protect him, he's not going to have time to make throws. They're not going to have time to make some running plays. And he's just going to get injured. Zach Wilson's going to be out for the year because of this. And Zach Wilson's might be his career might be over because of his Jets' offensive line. He's had one of the worst offensive line in NFL history, and that might ruin his career. Because opposing teams will look at him and say, do we really want a guy who's done this little in his career and he's been so sluggish? Well, it's not Zach Wilson's fault. It's the offensive line. Had he had a good offensive line, he could be the next Aaron Rodgers for all we know. Probably not. But look at his potential. It's huge. Even Aaron Rodgers, he couldn't be doing this well. Because of the Jets' offensive line, it's not going to protect him. He's going to get injured one way or another, or he's going to have a really disappointing gear from what the Jets fans were expecting. It's not that Aaron Rodgers is bad or that he's what's going to fix the whole problem. It's that the Jets' offensive line is the problem. And if they want to get that fixed, that's priority number one. Not grab another quarterback. It's the offensive line. I learned this from BYU's football season this year. We struggled with the same problem. Having Aaron Rodgers is really awesome because he knows how to make quick throws and accurately and lead an efficient offense to see, do I run it or do I throw it? That's what I really like about him. However, I don't think the Jets are Super Bowl contenders for all year, even if he stays healthy. I think that they just need to get the offensive line fixed. So that's what the Jets need to do. Zach Wilson might even be gone for a different team next year. That's totally possible. It's disappointing. That's just how it goes in the NFL. It's a tough league to play in. The Christmas slate is going to be a fun one. The one that I really want to talk about is Ravens and Niners. As I said before in my podcast, this game is a one-on-one, and it's a big game. It matters because if the Ravens want to get the number one seed in the AFC, then they're going to have to win, and that will probably get them in because there's teams behind them like the Chiefs, the Dolphins, The Jaguars that really want that number one spot. Mainly the Chiefs and the Dolphins that want the number one spot. If the Ravens win, it's theirs. It's their spot. No one's going to stop them. But if they lose to the Niners, the Niners, on the other hand, are going to become the number one seed in the NFC. Who's with them? Well, they have the Cowboys right there. They have the Eagles right there. And those teams are vying for the number one spot in the NFC. So if the 49ers lose, they're going to lose a spot to the Cowboys or the Eagles, depending on how week 18 fares. Regardless, it's a must win for both teams if they want the round one bye. I'll give you a bit of context. The NFL playoffs, the number one seed gets a bye for round one, meaning they don't have to play anyone, and they still move on. That's why it's such a desired spot. There's only one team from both conference that get that bye. And so... Both teams really want this game. It's a big one. And it's played on Christmas Day. It's the season of giving, the season of caring, season of love. And they're gonna be they're gonna be fighting it out. It's gonna be the opposite in this NFL game. It's really ironic, actually, that they're playing on Christmas Day. But they're gonna get a lot of eyeballs on playing on ABC, Monday Night Football, Christmas Day. Pretty crazy you can have these all together in a one-on-one. So, to conclude, this is going to be the biggest game of the week, and it's by far Gabe's game, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to Game Day with Gabe. Gabe the Babe is lit, and I'm always happy to share my insights into the college football world. I have a special invitation just for you. If you like this podcast, Please share with a fellow friend and a fellow avid Kooks fan. I'm trying to make it to a thousand listeners on Spotify, so if you could share on Spotify, that would be preferable. If I can make it to a thousand Spotify listeners, then I can put in ads and keep this podcast going. And Gabe the Babe will be here to stay. Thank you so much for listening. As always, go Kooks!